The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Hi guys, it's Lo and welcome to a brand new episode of I Love Wellness. Just wanted to say thank you for everybody that has discovered what we are doing. We've had some really incredible people on the show lately telling their health and wellness stories. It's been so personal. So if you have uh, honed in on something that we have discussed, we hope that um, we've been a nice resource for you. Uh, Today on the show, I'm really excited for today's guest... She's the perfect guest for I Love Wellness for uh, many reasons. She is an entrepreneur. She's a founder and CEO, and she cares a lot about health. So if we could please welcome Elizabeth Stein, the founder of Purely Elizabeth, to the show. I need golf claps from everybody. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you. We are fans of Purely Elizabeth at the Love Wellness office. I think you guys sent us a delivery recently. <laughs> like everything got <laughs> consumed in an hour. <laughs> so that's a testament to what you're doing, right? Yes, for sure. Thank you. So you're a certified holistic nutrition counselor. Um, what, what does that mean? Exactly? <laughs> So about 12 years ago, I went back to school to study holistic nutrition. But what is holistic nutrition? So holistic nutrition is really the way of looking at our health from many different facets. So not just looking at the food that you're eating and defining that as health, not just looking at your exercising routine and calling that health, but Mm -hmm. really looking at everything. So it's exercise, it's your relationships, it's the environment that you live in. And all of those things really come together when we talk about health and what makes somebody healthy. So maybe you can define the word holistic then, because I know what it means, but, you know, not everybody does. Like I sometimes get homeopathic and holistic confused. So holistic just means everything, right? Right. It's that full view of something. Got it. And so um, when you think about nutrition and you think about every piece of everybody's life, like, are are you saying that, you know, my sleep and relationships inform my nutrition and like my eating habits? For sure. And I think it's incredible. I mean, when I went to school 12 years ago, none of this was really being talked about. And Mm -hmm. today, to your point, things like sleep is really coming to the forefront of um, everyone's mind that if you're not sleeping well, all mm. of a sudden you're stressed, you're not eating well, you're probably going to be a little bit more irritable in your relationships mm-hmm. and they really all intersect. So when you first started, did you ever have like a private practice or, uh, or did you just start purely Elizabeth? So I did have a private practice for Uh about a year and a half Uh and I was here in New York and worked with clients Mm one-on-one and I taught cooking classes outside of our, or in my sister's tiny apartment here. And as it evolved, purely Elizabeth quickly came to be. Cool. So if I was your client back then, tell me how our relationship would have gone like, would I like come in for a consultation with you? You would have, we would have like talked all about my life. Exactly. And you make some kind of assessment for me. You know, it's really having that 
dialogue where ultimately you as a client come to those realizations on your own. What realizations? About what's happening in your life. So it's really opening up the space Mm -hmm. and having, you know, a lot of people aren't heard even. So Mm -hmm. it's opening that space, having the dialogue and asking questions of, hey, what's going on with your sleep? What's Mm -hmm. going on with all these different areas. How do you like your work environment? Sure. And I think when people have that space to open up and talk about it, mm-hmm. then they start to kind of put two and two together of, hey, wait, I'm maybe not so happy at work. And mm-hmm. that's a big area of my life that I need to focus and change. Interesting. So when you were seeing clients was the entry point, okay, I need to go on a diet or okay, I want to eat healthier. Sort of like what is the entry point and then how do you how how did your practice sort of like extend itself into or take on the holistic viewpoint that you're talking about? I think for me, it definitely started more with people who were looking to change their diet. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they didn't even necessarily know all the different areas that it could go. But Mm -hmm. that's where, for me, my clients came in from a diet point of view Mm -hmm. or something was wrong and how are they trying to fix it? That's interesting. Okay. So now I understand. So people come to you for just the general nutrition advice and then they get all these extras exactly because of your specific point of view on things. Interesting. And so take me through like, okay, I'm a client, let's say like work in finance and I have a boyfriend and like we hate each other, but just like generally (laughs) my life is good. Let's say that generally my life is good. You know, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit overweight. I work from, you know, 6am to 7pm every day. And like I have a relationship and it is fine. And I come to you because I like want to lose these five pounds or what I perceive to be five pounds, be, be my holistic nutrition counselor. (laughs) Well, I would, um, you know, ask you kind of what those goals look like Mm -hmm. and walking through, um, what is it a day? Like, so you're waking up at Mm 6am, um, you know, are you feeling fulfilled in your day and when are you eating? What are you eating? It may end up being that, Um, you're overeating when you come home because the reality is that you're stressed and you actually really hate your boyfriend and you wish you were breaking up with him Mm -hmm. and it's giving you the kind of courage to make some changes in Mm. your life. Interesting. Okay, got it. So you're able to sort of look at people's behavioral patterns or like emotional state and kind of like tie existing behaviors to them and then make recommendations on how they move forward. Exactly. Okay, cool. I got it. I want a holistic nutrition counselor. (laughs) That sounds great. I love that. Um, And you are the founder of Purely Elizabeth. Yes. Which is so great. So Purely Elizabeth, if you don't know, it's like the number one selling granola in the United States, right? In the natural channel, yes. In the natural channel. What does that mean? The natural channel versus what channel? Conventional. So stores like uh, Whole Foods, Sprouts, Mm. um, Mm. independent co-ops versus someone like a a Kroger or a Target. Wegmans. Wegmans. Sure. Okay, got it. So you're the number one selling granola in natural retailers. That's so cool. You guys have sold 17 million units of granola. (laughs) (laughs) How is that even possible? That's a good question. (laughs) Do you guys sell online or are you only in retail? We do sell online. So we're on Amazon and then on our own website as well. Okay, got it. So you started the business in 2009. It's been 10 years. Happy 10-year anniversary. Thank you. What, why, why did you start this business? 
It kind of found me. Um, so oh, interesting. I was living in New York and actually working for a handbag company at the time doing sales and marketing. Mm, like I, every young girl that comes to New York. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met my boyfriend at the time who was a big triathlete and marathoner. And he kind of convinced me to get into the spirit of things and run a marathon and do a triathlon. Oh my God, what a nightmare. (laughs) And personally, I mean, I hated running. In high school, I played lacrosse and I used to hide in the woods during the mile that we had to run because I hated (laughs) running. And he convinced me really that, you know, your mind is so powerful and that even though you think you don't like to run and you physically can't do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And so... I listened to him and started training, and I felt amazing. And from that, I really started to look for something from a work perspective that was more aligned with this Mm -hmm. new sense of health and wellness. And so I found this nutrition school, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I did that program. And during the program, really learned about that connection between food as medicine and also all of these incredible nutrient-rich ingredients that were not really known. So things like chia seeds and coconut oil, quinoa. And I started making recipes for clients using these ingredients. And now, where would you find these ingredients they t- were more like, than 10 years ago? Th- they were like the bottom shelf of the natural food store. Mm. Of, you know, it was hard to find, hard really. Hard to find, yeah. And so I actually went and did the Westchester Triathlon here. And the day before the race, I had a booth for my nutrition practice to try to get clients. Mm -hmm. And I figured what better way to get people to come and talk to me than to have some free food samples. Mm -hmm. So I made a batch of blueberry muffins that incorporated all these healthy ingredients And as it turned out, nobody cared about signing up for my nutrition practice. They just wanted to know where they could buy the muffins. (laughs) So that really became the aha moment when person after person kept saying the same thing. And I kind of made it up on the spot. And I told them, you know, when you sign up for my newsletter, I'll let you know when the products will be available. And I went back a year later, still really thinking, all right, this will be a side project. Like I didn't write a business plan. I had no plan in in it other than putting it together and sold out at the race. And then about three days later, I was contacted by Daily Candy, if you remember that I do remember Daily Candy. Hit makers (laughs) over at Daily Candy. (laughs) And um, they featured the mix, the three muffin mixes and a pancake mix. They featured it in their Everywhere newsletter blast. And I had $10,000 of orders in three hours. Oh, great. And was like, hysterical crying on the subway I remember out of so much excitement yet fear of like I have no idea of how I'm ever going to fill these orders (laughs) and so that was how it started but really you know the idea 10 years ago to today is the same which is to create products that use the most nutrient rich innovative ingredients Mm -hmm. while still making it taste great so it's really accessible whether you're health conscious or you're or you're not. Sure. Really cool. Before, I, I, I want to ask you about ingredients specifically, but I'm really curious about what transpired um, from that moment on the subway to how you actually got those first orders out. Because that, to me, when it comes to any business, is really the mysterious part for a lot of people trying to start a business. 
It's like, well, how did you actually do it? And so how did you actually do it? Did you like randomly call commercial kitchens and beg for time? Like, you know, these are the questions that people want answered that are looking to start their own business because it's, it's hard. It's like, I have an idea. Maybe I have a little bit of capital, but then how do I actually start? Yeah, for sure. So I think research and is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think just looked online and I was trying to find a commercial kitchen and being here in New York, they were very expensive and I'm from Philadelphia. So I actually found one in Philadelphia where my mom is and I had a, a couple of friends from high school and some of her friends there who were some free labor and could help us. Mm -hmm. So we found this commercial kitchen and then I was ordering Bob's Red Mill flour and having it overnighted from um, Oregon to my mom's house in the suburbs on a tractor trailer. Mm -hmm. We had never known what a pallet was. I mean, all of it was just brand new and Uh really just kind of doing research and trying to figure it out. But I... I do remember our first day in the commercial kitchen. We didn't quite know how to scale up a recipe. Mm. And so we were t- <laughs> we were taking red solo cups and going one teaspoon, one teaspoon down like 10 rows of cups. <laughs> <laughs> and then we eventually figured out that we could make 50 pounds at a time. But um, yeah, I mean, when you don't know, it's just trial and error and asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like... Talk about um, making mistakes in the moment and like what that feels like, but then what it feels like a week later. I'm still making (laughs) mistakes in the moment. (laughs) You know, I think along with all of it in in a new business that you don't know anything about, it is all about taking risks. And I think part of what has been successful of it was being naive and just saying, you know what, I'm going to try it. And Mm -hmm. like, you can't have that guard up that stops you from trying. And I still kind of today try to look at things that same way and say, I want to take a risk and we're going to try it. Mm -hmm. And you know what, if it fails, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I think that's a really good perspective on it. I try to approach things in the same way. Um, at love wellness, like, I don't know. I'm much more of a problem solver uh, than somebody that worries about problems unless something has happened that has, uh, you know, required me to worry more about decision making ahead of time. But I'm somebody that likes to problem solve more than anything else. So I agree with you. I think that that's a good way, you know, to to approach you know growth, new ideas, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, So. Okay, so you have your kitchen, <laughs> you have your mom, and then what happens? Did you raise money? Did you just start out making small batches of food? Getting into grocery stores is really hard. It's super It requires hard. a huge sales team. So how did you do this? Yeah, so for that first year, I continued to use the commercial kitchen in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and I would drive back and forth from the city to the commercial kitchen, fill up my car with product, to the rim so I couldn't see out the back, Mm -hmm. drive it back and bring the product up 
to my third floor walk up and ship product out of there. Wow. So it was crazy. And because <laughs> I we love this. <laughs> this is a great story. Because we had the daily candy yeah. um, email blast, we had this group of customers who were ordering online. Sure. And so for that first year, really just focused online and then in a couple of stores in New York. So like Lifetime Market mm-hmm. and Westerlies and um, I didn't know what I was doing. I just walked into those stores and asked to speak to the buyer. I didn't have a price list. Like I just showed them the product and the buyer at uh, Lifetime, I, I always laugh because he was not the nicest to me the first time. They're and now, never that nice in Lifetime. <laughs> now he's very nice and one of my good <laughs> friends, but I give him a hard time about it all the time. Um, but so for that first year, just concentrated on online sales and fulfilling it out of Philadelphia. And then throughout that whole year, try to find a co-packer. So a manufacturer who can make the product for you. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard to find someone who was small enough yet who did gluten-free because 10 years ago, I mean, it's still hard, but 10 years ago, there was even fewer gluten-free manufacturers. So it took about a year and finally found someone in Vermont and went up there, did the six-hour drive to find this co-packer, and they turned out to be a great partner for us at that stage of the business. Mm -hmm. And they could do runs that were like 100 units at a time. And so that was, to (laughs) me, really the saving grace that they were this perfect size that we could get out of being in the kitchen every day and get to a manufacturer. And so when I felt like I had that backbone, then we started going out and selling Mm -hmm. and went to our first trade show about a year and a half after the daily candy. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I'd rather invest in this early on and see does, is there interest from the market or not? And like, if not, then I'll stop. Or if there is, we'll go forward. And at that first show, we ended up winning like top five best new product for our cookie mix, which I had come out with. And uh, we were like, okay, this is go time. And so How we, exciting. it was super exciting. I mean, I still remember <laughs> sitting at dinner with my mom and being like, we made it. <laughs> like, we're doing it, mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, what was it like to hire your first team member? So I I laugh because I was looking to hire one person mm-hmm. and I had interviewed several, but there were two candidates who I really liked equally and they had each had different skill sets. And so I couldn't decide which one. So I ended up hiring both. <laughs> I couldn't afford to hire both of them full time. So I hired both of them part time Mm -hmm. and they actually are still with me today Wow! and uh, moved out to Boulder. And I laugh because I interviewed them in my apartment lobby and Caroline, one of our team members, she always jokes how she says to her mom, like, no, really, she's legit. Like she was just in Oprah magazine. (laughs) (laughs) So... It was, uh, you know, it was amazing to eventually have people on the team and to start to build that out. Yeah, that's really exciting. So give me sort of the state of the union on um, the business today. So we're still pretty lean. We're actually only 25 people, Mm -hmm. which is um, pretty amazing. 
And we're now in probably over 15,000 retailers. Expanded beyond our baking mixes to granola, which is really what we then became known for. Mm -hmm. And now going into oatmeal as well as bars. Cool. How many products do you have? So I think technically we have about 76. Wow. That's a lot. But that's all different formats, like for Amazon. And Mm -hmm. um, I've been asked to cut that down, though. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Um, And where is the business going? You know, like it seems that you're a huge success story. You know, do you want to sell the business? Do you want to have, you know, 200 more SKUs and all kinds of different products? Like, what is your vision for where you take it? Yeah, so I think... I'm holding a cauliflower cereal right now, you guys, by the way. It <laughs> looks like my oatmeal, new favorites. but cauliflower. Interesting. It's okay. grain-free oatmeal. Grain-free oatmeal. It's our newest innovation, so grain-free cool. cauliflower, diced cauliflower. Okay. Tastes just like oatmeal. But I think really from day one, I've always envisioned the brand to be this, you know, not just a granola company, but more of this holistic kind of lifestyle brand. And so getting into many different categories um, in the market and also really just seeing how we can as a brand, you know, further help our customers and help them on their wellness journey. Mm. Talk to me about carbohydrates and your opinion on them. I think that, you know... Because a lot of what you have is grain-based, and a lot of people are terrified of eating these kinds of things, you know? Or they did grow up eating them, and then they're like, oh, my God, I can't eat granola anymore because it makes me fat. And, like, (laughs) is that true? I know that granola has a lot of sugar in it, typically. Are people getting fat because of the sugar content in granola? Like, what is it? This only has five grams of sugar. That's not much. Oh, so, I mean, from a carbohydrate standpoint, I think that... Yeah, let's talk carbs first. I think first, every, bo- every body is unique. And so there's certainly some people who do much better having a higher carbohydrate diet. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're active and um, feeling like you need that energy, some people definitely feel better that way. Mm-hmm. Some people certainly are definitely feeling better you know, A, gluten-free, but then without grains in their diet and Mm -hmm. a lower-carb diet. So we do have a range of grain, ancient grain products, as well as many that are Mm -hmm. grain-free to better, you know, have options for more dietary needs. Yeah, I guess I'm just more curious about, like, your thoughts on carbohydrates. And, like, do you eat them? Do you avoid them? Do you think they make you fat? I don't think they make me fat. I personally feel like I feel better without or more of a limited grains in my diet. Mm-hmm. But like last night I got sushi. I could have sure. gotten Kali rice sushi, but I got brown rice sushi because that's what I like. And I believe in, you know, an 80-20 rule. And what's the 80-20 rule? You know, 80% of the time eating, quote unquote, well, things that make you... Um, feel better, feel more energized, mm-hmm. and 20% of the time kind of allowing yourself to indulge guilt-free. But is, like, brown rice indulging? No, of course not. That, I guess, like, I'm just trying to, like, get your, like, real opinion on this kind of stuff because I feel like a lot of nutritionists are like, yes, you should eat brown rice. Yes, you should eat, like, complex carbohydrates and all this stuff. But I don't know if because we live in this, you know, society where everybody wants to be really thin and beautiful like if 
people giving the advice are actually following the advice. So, I mean, I've, when I'm at home, I eat more of a grain-free diet. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the road, which is often, yeah. I'm not so restrictive. Can so we talk about balance. what a, Okay. What is a grain? Can you, like, list some grains? So things like rice, oats. Um, is, like, a quinoa grain? Quinoa is a, kind of a weird super grain. So okay. Kind of in its own camp. <laughs> okay. What about like barley? Barley is that a grain. Barley is a grain. Teff, buckwheat, and uh, is like the wheat that goes into bread. Is that a grain or is that something entirely different? It is a grain, but it's now been adulterated so much that I don't even know <laughs> what that's going into bread is. Okay. But yeah, but technically, wheat's a grain. So, do you think that all grains are created equal in terms of like how the body processes them? I do not, know. You do not? Yeah. So you think that some are superior than others? Yeah, I think certainly those that are um, a gluten-free grain, mm-hmm. most times people find that they can digest it better, that it's less inflammatory in the body. Okay, so which, which grains are gluten-free grains? So I'm taking personal notes here. So rice would be uh, gluten-free. Okay. Um, an oat that is treated, oats are inherently gluten-free, but mm-hmm. there's often cross-contamination in mm-hmm. the field. And so for us, as an example, we have certified gluten-free oats, and therefore mm. we've verified that there is no cross-contamination. Yeah, it's confusing. In my mind, like an oat and like wheat is like kind of the same thing, but I guess it's like not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's sort of hard to remember all of these different things uh, when you approach a diet or like trying to stay on a particular diet so like most people that eat oatmeal like is that inherently gluten-free or no because of cross-contamination no because of cross-contamination and then there's people who have celiac who some people who can't even tolerate a gluten-free oat to complicate it a little bit more that does complicate it more but i'm so curious about that so like an oat that is gluten-free you can't even have that if you're celiac why there's just some, I mean, it's not everyone who's celiac, mm. but some people who have, you know, are very sensitive, I guess, mm-hmm. have a hard time digesting it. Got it. Okay. So you have grains in the products, different kinds of grains for different dietary restrictions or lifestyles. So anybody can sort of like pick and choose the product that they want. And then I'd love to talk about sugar. Yes. Just tell me, just please start talking to me about sugar. At the end of the day, I think that sugar is the ultimate thing that most people want to try to avoid. You know, it. I know personally that when I have more sugar, how it makes me feel. I, I'm actually very sensitive um, to even some sugar substitutes like agave nectar, like really gives me a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. We use coconut sugar in all of our products and try to minimize the amount that's in everything. Um I think why do you use coconut sugar? What is that? So coconut what is the result of that? Sugar is a low glycemic sweetener. Okay. And it also so it comes from the sap mm-hmm. of the flower of the coconut tree. Okay. And it's pretty much intact. So it still retains vitamins and minerals so that when you actually consume it, your body has to do some work to digest it. Whereas okay. like a high fructose corn syrup instantly goes into your blood and you're not doing anything to digest it mm. and gives you that blood sugar spikes. Got it. Okay. 
So it's a low glycemic index sugar. Did I say that right? Yeah. Low glycemic index sugar. Okay, got it. So to me, if like you're going to have sugar, that's one of the best sweeteners to have. That or a maple syrup or a honey. Okay. And it's because are all of those low glycemic index? They're not all low glycemic index, but they're all at least an intact sugar that has some sort of nutrient value. So it's not immediately spiking your blood sugar. Okay. Got it. But to me, at the end of the day, it's really also all about just having it a low, lower sugar content. Mm -hmm. What do you think of monk fruit? I'm not a big fan. I see monk fruit in a lot of things these days and monk fruit, you can, monk fruit is a sweetener. It is naturally derived and it's so sweet that you can add it to something without it equaling even like a single gram of sugar or like a single calorie. Right. But like, does, is the process to make that happen like a spooky process I feel like it's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I had thought I had thought about like, like why did you not it. put monk fruit in this to make it, you know, like zero grams of sugar, yeah. right? Because people are, are looking for stuff like that these days. People have sort of like caught on to the evils of sugar. And so I'm just curious, you know, why you would choose the coconut sugar over something like monk fruit that like is zero grams of sugar. Like, does it really make a difference? Like, what's your thought process behind it? Yeah, so I feel like in creating our products, I use ingredients that I would use personally, right? They're mm-hmm. like recipes of my own. And yeah. something like monk fruit, you know, I've purchased at the store, I put my pinky in it, touched it with just such a small amount. Mm-hmm. And that sugar hit was like, wow, that's an incredible yeah. taste. And there's something about it to me that just feels like it's not a real sugar and it's very processed. Mm-hmm. And so I've just made that personal decision. Yeah, You know, it's not market research saying that we should do this mm-hmm. or not, um, but just from a personal point of view, sure. there's something that feels like chemically to me about it. Sure. Okay. So your perspective on the whole brand is you're making food that like is nutritionally dense, that tastes good, that is still healthy for you. So you're not coming out and being like, everything has to be zero sugar. Everything has to be like X, Y, Z. Is that yeah. Is that the approach? For sure. Okay, cool. So it's really food for all kinds of people. Yeah. I think that's a really nice way to think about <laughs> food like this. You know, so often I go into the stores lately and it feels very like, um, what's the right word? I'm not going to be able to come up with the right word, but it feels very strict. You know, people are making all of these foods within these very specific guidelines of how they think that we should be eating or should not be eating. And most of it, in my opinion, is based off of fad diets and like things that have not been really proven. But we do know that like a low sugar diet is better than a high sugar diet because like sugar is going to kill you. And, you know, like Fewer carbohydrates are probably better than more carbohydrates unless you're like an athlete and like you need all of that kind of stuff. So I just think it's nice to um, see a brand that is doing so well that sort of takes the middle ground on this stuff. You know, it's like I just don't like these like extremist companies. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. I think it, it they're definitely more approachable. Right. And I think the idea is to be able to have not just yourself, but you might bring it home and then your husband likes it and then your mm-hmm. kids like it. You know, it's it's not restrictive. Yeah. And I mean, six grams of sugar for 
what do you call these? Granola bars. Granola bars. <laughs> In my mind, a granola bar is one of those like soft granola bars that you eat, ate growing up. What was that brand? It was like, it what? It was like chewy. Yeah, those like oh, chewy, chewy bars. Yeah, so when you say granola bar, I think of those like chewy granola bars. And these are like hard and crunchy and they're like extremely delicious. Um, but there's only six grams of sugar. Talk to me about fiber. There's not a lot of fiber in this. Can you, can you change that? You know, that's something that we've looked at because I do think that fiber is like the next big wave. And they're now showing so much more research about prebiotics with mm-hmm. probiotics. Yeah. So that's definitely an area that... I'm looking at personally and how we can mm-hmm. bring more fiber um, to yeah. market. Right? Yeah. yeah. So at Love Wellness, we just launched a new product called Sparkle Fiber because I agree, fiber is the, like the next, the next thing. And if you're not eating a lot of fiber, it's like that is the secret that is going to cure all of your, everything that's wrong in your whole life. <laughs> I love um, the name Sparkle Fiber. Sparkle Fiber. <laughs> yeah. Well, we decided that we needed to make fiber fun. Like, you've only ever seen Metamucil, right? <laughs> and it's gross. It tastes like orange chemicals, and you have to mix it in. It's You know, it's insoluble fiber, so it turns into that weird gel, and you have to, like, choke it down. Um, so, yeah, we created a product called Sparkle Fiber. So it's made from, like, organic green veggies. We put digestive enzymes in it, and they're in capsules. Um, and so it's a, we think is a much more convenient way to take fiber. And for us... We're thinking about fiber from the perspective that, like, yes, it optimizes digestion, but fiber feeds your good gut microbes, it alleviates bloating, it helps with healthy weight management, and it detoxifies the body so, like, your skin looks amazing once you start incorporating fiber into your diet. So... You should totally add more fiber to your products, Elizabeth. (laughs) I think you're right. This is my hot tip. Add fiber. I don't know what it would do to the taste of your products. And I don't know like how, I don't know what you would put in, into them from from like a food perspective. Like that's what I don't understand. Like I know how to make a supplement with fiber, but like food to increase the fiber. I don't know how, I wouldn't know how to do that. Well, our our oatmeals do have more fiber. So the oats. Yeah, this um, is six grams of fiber. Along with chia and flax in there have a more concentrated amount yeah, the chia seeds for sure. Yeah, I wonder what the fiber's coming from. All these seeds, that's where the fiber's mostly coming from, I would assume. Yes. Interesting. I'm so curious to try this. So this is cauliflower oats. What does it taste like? So the cauliflower oats really taste like... Oh, this one is... Okay. Oatmeal. So it's a freeze-dried diced cauliflower, and it really mimics the texture... Yeah. Of an oatmeal, kind of more like a steel cut oat than a mushy um, oatmeal, I would Mm -hmm. say. But it's grain free, so there's no oats included. Uh, It's great for people, A, who are following a grain free diet, but Mm -hmm. also looking to have less carbs. So it's about half the amount of carbs of a traditional oatmeal. Yeah, 18 grams of carbs in this size, and then three grams of fiber, so 15 net grams of carbs. Yes. Yeah. Eight grams of protein, eight grams of sugar. Yeah, this is a good breakfast. I'm holding strawberry hazelnut, That's by the way. That's my favorite flavor. But yeah, you get veggies on the go. It's convenient yeah. and portion controlled. Cool. I love this. Um, so how do you do it all, right? Like you have this wellness food company. What do you do in your personal life? Do you like talk the talk, walk the walk? <laughs> 
I do. I was just saying, you know, I'm on the road a ton for work. Right. And so when I come home, I need total relaxation time. And it's like two days that I just kind of have to hibernate and have total self-care to rejuvenate and not talk to anybody. <laughs> mm. So hibernation is your version of self-care. That's by key. Yeah, yeah, just being very low-key and relaxing. I do the same thing. I go to my apartment and I'm like, I'm not leaving for 12 hours or whatever. You know what I mean? I put on a show. <laughs> That's what I did last night. It was the one day a week that I didn't have plans. And I was so looking forward to it. I, I got home from work. I like, took a bath. I read a book. I watched a program. It was so, so nice. nice. <laughs> it was so nice. Um, do you exercise? Do you like do fitness? Tell me, tell me more. I do. I'm a big Peloton person. Oh, you are? Cool. I love it. it I mean, at home, it's great. Obviously, yeah. I have the bike and then being on the road to use their app mm. um, for a yoga class or strength training. Like yesterday or two days ago, I was at a hotel and just did their 20-minute kind of body weight strength sure, yeah. and you didn't need anything I had my laptop and yeah. a towel and that was it and 20 minutes later I was like wow I'm super refreshed and I I was sore the next day yeah so dating that triathlete totally changed your life <laughs> it did did it you did. marry this person I did not oh <laughs> all right well the exercise <laughs> is the red line there exactly um do you exercise every day I would say I'm five days a week. That's a lot. I need to exercise, I feel like, for mental more than mm. physical. Yeah. Like, even this 20 minutes the other day, I knew I had a big meeting. And, like, to me, that's kind of how I mentally get refreshed and prepared. Mentally prepared. And clearing my head. Yeah. I wish I was like that. I had mono this summer, and I, like, have not been able to, like, get back into exercise. Oh, my God. I just feel, like, so lazy and despondent about it. <laughs> and I don't know what to do because I was really sick for like a couple months and like mostly I feel better. I wake up now and I feel normal day to day. But then when I exercise, I feel exhausted afterwards. And so I don't know if I'm like fully ready yet. I just don't know what to do because I want to exercise. I like want to, but I also just don't want to. That's tough. <laughs> More fiber. More fiber. <laughs> Maybe you just needed like a really relaxing yoga class or what do you like to do to work out? So I have been going to relaxing yoga and I'm okay in the class, but then a couple hours later in the next day, I feel so exhausted. And so I just don't know if I'm like really ready to be exercising again yet. Even though day to day, if I don't exercise, I feel pretty good and normal. But if I exercise, I feel like I've been hit by a bus. Maybe just walk around the city. Maybe just <laughs> do some more walking for a while. Maybe reapproach it in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your body's saying to give it a rest for a little bit longer. That's what it feels like. But I also feel like guilty and lazy. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure how to conquer that. I wish I was one of those people that like loved to exercise and it made me feel so great. But I, you know, I'm just like, eh, I'd rather sit in the steam room. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> It does, but it's different. It's not like toning your butt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <gasps> anyway, I'm trying to get back into exercise. So if you have any hot tips, do you have any hot tips? I mean, I think one of the Be my holistic nutrition counselor. <laughs> like, tell me what to do. I, I would say, and one of the things that I miss the most about being in New York is walking. Like mm -hmm. the fact that you can just go out and 
walk eight miles just meandering around the city. Yeah. And I think that truly has such a profound effect on your health. Mm, yeah. So it doesn't feel like an exercise, but it really is. Yeah. I do do a lot of walking, thankfully. So I guess I just keep walking. Yeah. Keep walking for now. And like I said, we'll reassess in in a couple of weeks. Um, what is the number one thing that you've learned as a CEO founder? It's been 10 years, so I'm sure you've learned lots of things. It's a good question. I think probably one of the biggest things is how important your team is and mm -hmm. how important the culture within that is. And really in hiring people, culture is most number one important. And in order for a team to gel well, that has to, everyone has to be on the same page. Mm. So what do you do at Purely Elizabeth to create culture? Like, What is the culture? Well, I think, you know, it's still this very entrepreneurial feel where everyone is rolling up their sleeves and pitching in no mm -hmm. matter what your job title is. Sure. Everyone feels like they're kind of an owner of the company and, and part of it mm -hmm. and willing to do whatever we need to get the ship sailing forward. Um, it's a very, you know, fun, familiar place where people feel appreciated, respected. We do a lot of fun things like toning Tuesdays. <laughs> I want to do that. Toning Tuesdays, we do a different workout, try to do a different workout every Tuesday, although it doesn't always happen. Um, have a group lunch every Wednesday. So just really feeling like we're part of a tight community. Mm, that's really nice. Yeah. We're trying to implement more things like that at Love Wellness. We just moved into this big office and we're like hiring so many people. And so we're trying to get realigned on, you know, how to make everybody come together. But, you know, it's challenging when you're in a growth stage. Totally. To be like, okay, what are we doing? What's our focus? You know what I mean? Um, okay, we have time for a couple more questions. So on every episode, I always ask um, a question about wellness rituals. And everybody has a secret wellness ritual. Um, and it doesn't always necessarily have to actually be healthy for you, right? Sometimes bad stuff makes you feel good. <laughs> so I'm curious, what is your secret ritual? wellness ritual well maybe from earlier in our conversation i would say hibernating mm. <laughs> i would say that or, or taking a bath that's my absolute haven that when i do have you know a day or two to just be at my home kind of relaxing and going into that space is like absolute joy mm. all right that's a good one we're very much on the same page in that regard i like go hide in my apartment and sometimes I take two baths in a single day. Oh. People think I'm crazy. But I'll have to try that. Okay. On the weekend, <laughs> wake up and get in the bathtub. And then before you go to bed, take another bath. I love that. I only ever usually go at night. So this will be a whole other routine. Two a days, but not in the way that you're thinking. <laughs> it's really great. Um and then my last question, what is the one thing that you do now from a wellness perspective that you wish that you had started earlier on in your life? Something that has like really changed the game for you? That's a tough question. I think that, I guess I was fortunate to have done this nutrition program in my mm -hmm. earlier 20s. Mm -hmm. So I think that really helped me to set the stage for a lot of 
the wellness practices. Can I give you ones that I wish I was doing that I wasn't doing yeah. then? I'm still not doing. <laughs> sure, yeah. I think um, wearing sunscreen is a big one mm. that I you're still not wearing sunscreen. Really bad at wearing sunscreen <laughs> and taking supplements mm. that I. Would love to take your new fiber one. Yeah, we'll send you some for sure. Thank you. I think there's um, people are confused about supplements, vitamins and supplements. So at Love Wellness, we create issue specific solutions. So it's not like I'm giving you a product that's just like, here's a bottle of magnesium or like, here's a bottle of vitamin E. You know, we we combine nutrients into something that solves a problem and a company like Ritual or Care of, literally, you're getting just straightforward vitamins and minerals. And so, um, you know, something that I always clarify for people, you know what I mean? Because there's not confusion, but when I have that conversation with, with individuals, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, we're not really trying to fill a, uh, a need for like a nutritional deficiency. Um, we're trying to uh, solve wellness problems for people instead. You sure. know what I mean? Such a great approach to it. Yeah. You know, it's we feel like women are their own best health advocates. And if you're bloated all the time, I want to give you something that is going to help alleviate that problem instead of being like, you're bloated all the time. Like here's some, I don't know. I don't even know what I would, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know what I would give to somebody that's like a straightforward vitamin and mineral. You know what I mean? But like you, you, you take vitamins and minerals because like you think that they're going to help you in a certain way. You've read on the internet, like, Oh, like I should be taking collagen for like bouncy skin. But it's like, there's really like many things that you can be doing. You know what I mean? For sure. I think that people think just taking one thing to solve a problem is maybe not the right way to go about doing it. So we create these blends that um, are more all-encompassing. Can't wait to try it. We'll send you everything, 100%. Um, Awesome. So where can our listeners find Purely Elizabeth? So we're on Instagram, purely underscore Elizabeth. Mm. Somebody got there first. Somebody got there first, and now I have it, but we're not using it. On our website, of course, Mm -hmm. and on Facebook as well. And And in retailers nationwide, purelyelizabeth.com. Okay, cool. And in natural stores. All retailers nationwide. Okay, all (laughs) retailers nationwide. All right. Thanks, Elizabeth, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me.